Nonetheless, we're, we're, we're looking at the Apostle Paul, and he, uh, he did three missionary journeys, and this is his journey back to Rome. Here he goes as a prisoner. And let's look at the, the map if we can. I want you to kind of see it if, if we can get that up there. He starts off in Caesarea. That's on the down right side of your, of your map there. And he's going to make his way up to Sidon. That's when the centurion, Claudius, is taking him there. They go up, to, they go up underneath the, the island there and then go up to Cyprus, up to Myra, and then Senatus. And then they went to the Fair Havens. And that middle part is where they had a choice to go on or to wait until the winter's over. They wish they would have waited, okay? But they went ahead, and they ran into the Euryclidon, that terrible typhoon that for 14 days they didn't see sun and stars. They ended up on Malta. That's right behind Miss Debbie there in Malta. And uh, we had the opportunity to, the, to lodge there for three months. And they're going to come up through that area. They finally get to Patoli, which is up at the top, and the rest of their trip is done on land. After they get to Patoli, they go and port there. And just so you have an idea of what's taking place. We're in Acts chapter 28, and we've, we've looked at the Apostle Paul, and he has gone through a terrible storm. 276 people on the boat that all of them, God uh, preserves their lives. It's a miraculous thing, and God preserves them. And everyone knows there's one man on the ship that has an inside track with God, and that's Paul. There's two other men that love him, and that's Luke and Aristarchus. They're on the ship with him, but he's a prisoner of Rome. He does have his papers. He is a uh, Roman citizen, and it's common knowledge that really he got put up in a kangaroo court that he's not a guilty man. But he is put into, he appealed to Caesar, so to Caesar he's going to make his way. There's a man in charge of him. His name is Claudius, and he is a centurion. That means he's in charge of a hundred soldiers. We don't know how many of the 276 people on board are actually prisoners, how many are soldiers, but of all the people, they were on a grain ship heading uh, from Alexandria on to, it's a full of grain, it's a large ship, and they got caught in that storm. At the end of the day, they're washed up on an island of the, at what was known at the time as Miletus. Now it's the island of Malta. And that is where they find themselves. All 276 of them are washed up. And the people there are barbarous, which means they don't speak Greek. It doesn't mean they're, they're cannibals or anything of that nature. They're island people that don't speak the Greek language. But when they see these, uh, these drowned little rats come up on shore, they, they start a fire. And they begin to try to provide some hospitality to them. Matter of fact, the leader of the island, Publius, will actually let Paul and his company stay for three days in his own home. So they're very hospitable to them. God gave them grace when they got taken aside. They didn't know where they were. They found out where they were. And we studied last time a little bit about the treatment of the people. They had taken care of them, and God had, had protected Paul even through a very difficult time and had given him favor with the people. We also find that Paul didn't just stand around. He, he uh, exercised toil. And while they were doing the fire, he went around and picked up sticks and participated in the labor. By the way, thank God for people who will labor in the work of the Lord. Hard-working people are a blessing to all the people around them. 
lazy people uh, just sap the strength and the energy from an organization, from a home, from a church, from a business. And we're full of it today. We've got so much laziness and irresponsibility. And it's teamwork that makes the dream work. And the Bible has a lot to say about diligence. One of the key aspects of financial stability is hard work. And don't be lazy. Young people, older people alike, listen, you don't have to make money to work hard. Just work hard. God will honor you. And if you say, well, I've got an income or I've got this coming in, well, find something to do every day and use your time and work hard in your community, in your home. Uh, Be diligent and certainly in the house of God. Find something to do and do it. Well, Paul did that. And while he was picking up sticks, he went to put them on the fire, and there was a snake, a venomous known snake on that island that, uh, that came out of the fire and latched on his hand while he was putting the sticks on there, and it bit him. And everybody saw it, and the islanders, being, uh, being somewhat uh, not, not understanding all that had taken place, they thought to themselves, that guy's going to die in a minute. He's going to swell up and he's going to fall over. When's he going to die? And they thought to himself, he's probably a murderer. And he escaped the sea, but he's not going to escape the gods. They're going to get him. But as time went on, he didn't show any signs of swelling, didn't show any signs of illness. And then they said, well, maybe he's a god. (laughs) And they changed their minds real quick. But it it became a platform. It became an opportunity where Paul could now be used. It was a snake bit, and he shook it off. By the way, when you get snake bit by difficult things, shake it off. (laughs) Don't, don't, Don't make that your life. Some people make strife their life, and some people make difficulties their life. They want people to feel sorry for them, and they put their stuff out on Facebook and MySpace and In Your Face and every place else, trying to get everybody to to give attention to them. Paul just shook it off and went on. But as a result of that, Publius uh, allowed him. He was the leader of that area, of that that part of the island. He said, why don't you come to my house? Stay here for a few days. And they stayed there in a warm place on a very difficult day. It was about this time of year, October, November, whenever they land on that island. They would stay there throughout the winter, three months, 90 days approximately, they would stay on the island. Let's see what the Bible says. Would you pick up, if you would, please, at verse number Seven, And in the same quarters, there was the possessions of a chief man of the island whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us there three days courteously. This guy was very kind to us. He was one of the chief people. By the way, uh, I'll just say this to you. When you pray for missionaries, you pray for a new church plant, ask God to give them entrance and favor with the chief people of their communities. Oftentimes, one person is instrumental in getting other people saved. Uh, yesterday, I had the joy to sit uh, maybe about a half a mile from here in Calumet City, and I sat in the living room and got to lead a man to the Lord. But I got to lead him to the Lord because two months ago, I led his mother to the Lord. And she died yesterday. While I was at a wedding, I got a text that said, Miss Donnie passed away. So I called her son and said, can I come see you? He said, would you please come? And I went to see him. And when I led his mom to the Lord, she said this, I need to get this settled because I don't know how long I have on the earth. After she got saved, she said, would you consider contacting my son? I want him to know about this too. And the Lord let him get saved on the day that his mother died. 
But if you back up, the reason I got to lead Donnie to the Lord is because of another man I led to the Lord right here on this property. And the reason I led him to the Lord is because I met another man I led to the Lord back at a picnic table in his backyard. And just one thing, and the reason he got saved is because my wife gave him a track after a meal at Baker Square. <laughs> so it just kind of goes back to different things that happen. But key people are oftentimes keys to other, unlock other hearts of people for the Lord Jesus. Well, uh, Publius is in that town. He's a chief guy. He, he sees and invites. I don't think all 276 people lived at his house, but he lets at least Paul and Luke and Aristarchus and maybe, uh, maybe his, uh, his prison guard or his centurion stayed with him courteously for three days. While he was there, we find that his father gets sick. Let's look at the next verse, verse number 8. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and a bloody flux. Who wrote the book of Acts? Do you know what human author wrote the book of Acts? Luke. And what was his occupation? He was a physician. He was a doctor. So he has a lot more information about sick people than just they were kind of sick. He tells them a little bit more specific things. He said, this guy was feverish and he was of a bloody flux. He was hemorrhaging somewhere in his body. As a result of that, he tells that story. And so Publius, the man who'd been so kind to them, his dad is ill, terribly ill. Let's look what the Bible says that happens. And Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. And when he was done, others also, which had diseases in the island, came and were healed. We see here that God allows Paul to be in a situation this is the last time in our New Testament where anyone is healed miraculously. There are sweet people today that have a different, different view on this. I believe that God has given us seven major spiritual gifts found in Romans chapter 7 that are very applicable to everyone here today. I, however, believe that there are some things that went away with the apostolic period. And one of those gifts was healing. One of those gifts is the words of knowledge. Another one is tongues. Another one is prophecies in the old-fashioned way. Those things, when the word of God came, those things were done away with. Now, whenever God gave, he says to the Jews, require a sign, God gave supernatural ability to that first-generation Christian before the Bible was done to do many things that I don't think are done in the same way today. I believe without a doubt that God heals people in 2022. I do believe that. I have seen it happen. Not because of a faith healer, though. There's no shenanigans needed about that. There's no, if you're a faith healer, let me encourage you to make your way to St. Catherine's Hospital, then go to Munster Community, and then let's keep going to St. Franciscan and St. Anthony, and just go and just heal everybody. If that's what you can do, go right ahead. But that's not what is done today. That's not what's done. However, God does heal people, but I don't believe he gives people the gift of healing people today. And we can talk about people who can treat illnesses or love people or help people, have, a people, have care and those things. But miraculously, the way that Paul did it, I do not believe that exists today. Now, I've got sweet friends who disagree fervently with those things. They believe that God is still giving extra revelation today. I believe God is done talking. I believe God has given us all the revelation he needs. He'll use his spirit to remind us what's in the word of God. I don't need someone to come and tell me, I want to give you a word of knowledge. I want to give you a prophecy. I want to speak in tongues to you. I don't need that. 
We have the Bible to that. And the truth of the matter is, and the same is true with, with healing. However, uh, at this time, God supernaturally, and he did it oftentimes to convince people that the person that did this miracle, you need to listen to them because they'll share the gospel. We see that whenever uh, in the book of Acts chapter 2, when God supernaturally gave people a chance to speak and people heard them in their own language. And you know what that did? That didn't get anyone saved just because they heard it in their own language, but it caused them to say, this is a miracle. I want to hear what they have to say. And then they would speak to them the gospel. When Jesus did healing, there are people that no doubt were healed by Jesus, fed by Jesus, who have been in hell all these years. Everyone who got healed did not necessarily get saved. However, the healing would give people opportunities to listen to Jesus as the potential true Messiah. We find that the case here. And no doubt the Apostle Paul was given by God an opportunity to speak or to heal this man But I think there's something going on bigger than that so he could be there. He'd be there 90 days. He would be able to share the gospel of Christ with them. I think we're going to find people all over heaven from the island of Mylida and and Malta that got saved as a result of this healing. Well, this man came to know Christ, or excuse me, he got healed. Paul went in, prayed for him, and the Lord healed him. As a result of that, other people throughout the island began to visit Paul. And he also healed them through the power of the Lord. And we find that even in, in, remember in Acts chapter 3, when Peter and John went to the temple to pray, and there was a man over here who hadn't walked in over 30 years. He was crippled. His family brought him and laid him at the gate of the beautiful gate, and he would beg for alms every day. And one day, he put his hand out to Peter and John, and Peter and John said, you know what? We don't have any money. There's no money. Silver and gold have we none. But what we have, we'll give to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He spoke that, and then Peter put down his hand. By the way, to help people, there's two things you've got to do. You've got to have the power of God, and you've got to have the hand of someone who would really love them and care for them. Um, you know, for people to come to know Christ through the bus ministry, you have to have the power of God, and you have to have someone to drive the bus. <laughs> you have someone to work the route. A Sunday school class doesn't just happen. People don't get saved just because you want them saved. It's the Spirit of God, but it also is a soul winner willing to go. But as a result of that guy, he stood up. He went jumping around like a chicken with his head cut off. It was his first time to go into the temple. He's running. Everybody walked by the same man day after day after day. They could not deny that a miracle was done. As a result of that, the Apostle Apostle Peter and John preached, and as many as 5,000 people heard the gospel and responded to the gospel because of one man's healing. We believe that God used that, that difficult time, to challenge them, and, and they got saved, or they got healed. Now, as a result of that, let's look at the next thing that happened. Not only did God, uh, did God help Paul to heal these folks all over the island, verse number 10, he used the islanders to help him, who... These people that have been helped by the Apostle Paul also honored us with many honors, which uh, when we departed, they laden us with such things as were necessary. When it came time for them to leave the island, they presented them everything they could give them to be a help. By the way, one of the best ways to love and reach someone for Christ is to help them with their greatest need. Apostle, excuse me, um, we see this throughout the Bible, but our missionary brother Rick Martin, in his book, Starting the Church on the Mission Field, 
said to reach adults, find out their greatest need and try to help them with it. And that's what he did to help people come to know Christ. And we see that throughout the scriptures. That's what God did. That's what the Apostle Paul did. He helped them with their needs. And whenever he did, they were interested in listening to him. Because if people don't trust you, sir, they don't trust you, ma'am, they probably will not trust what you tell them. And so much of, of Christianity is helping. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. The Bible tells we ought to be a good employee, a good worker in our work. And we ought to be a good, especially if your boss is not saved, if your co-workers are not saved, why should you be a hard worker? Well, because on a time when God visits them, if you and I are known as lazy, irresponsible, we're not, we're not uh, faithful, if we're not that way, when they get presented the gospel, they'll think negatively of God because of us. However, if we're a hard worker, we're diligent, we don't complain about our wages, we love our company, we try to help them be better, we don't think about us, we work hard, whenever God visits them, they'll think about you. They'll say, you know what, that guy was a Christian. That girl was a Christian. She had a good testimony. Maybe I should listen to this person on the visitation of God. So God tells us that all through the Bible. And Paul, no doubt, had a great testimony of helping people. And then when he spoke to them, and then when it was time to leave, 90 days later, when it came time to leave, they wanted to give whatever they had to honor him and to give to him and give him whatever he needed as they got back on the boat and made their way to the next place. I just think, I just want to remind you, everybody's job is to point people to Jesus Christ. That's your job, that's my job. No one should excuse themselves. Well, I'm just not good at talking to people. You can hold out a track. And you're good at talking on the phone. <laughs> well, I just don't like people. I don't spend a lot of time. Oh, no, I, I know you do. All of us have, have abilities to be used of God in a special way to get the gospel to other people. And we can help others in that way. Look at the next verse, would you please, in verse number 11. And after three months, we're departed into a ship of Alexandria, which had wintered in the isle. They, that, this, this boat had stayed there and wintered in the winter time. Whose sign was Castor and Pollux? That's kind of interesting. Castor and Pollux were the twins of Zeus and Leda. It's just kind of like it's a it's on there. It's on, it's the name of the boat, and it's named after the twins of twins of, of um, the uh, the mystic gods. Verse number twelve, and landing in Syracuse, and that's not New York, but uh, nonetheless, the Syracuse, they tarried for three days, and uh, then. Thence went and we fetched a compass and came to Regalum. And then after one day, the south wind blew and they made about a 180 mile trip in, uh, in two days or so. And they came the next day to Patoli. Patoli is a port city. It's about 43 miles south of Rome. And so they're getting closer and closer. And that's where they will not get back on another boat. They will take the Roman highway from Portoli up to Rome, where he will be handed over to the Roman government, and so will the other prisoners. I'm sure that Claudius was really excited about getting rid of those responsibilities of all the soldiers. But they came to Portoli. Here's what I want you to notice as we continue reading this passage of Scripture. Look at verse number 14. Where we found who? Isn't that a beautiful thing? You know, I think one of the things I love about being a Christian, I'm glad that my sins are forgiven. I don't deserve to go to heaven, but that's where I'm going. I'll never spend a second in hell. I deserve to go to hell, but I'm not going there. It's not because I'm good. It's because he is good. It's not because of my righteousness. It's because of his righteousness. 
And it's because I didn't earn my way to heaven, I accepted the gift of eternal life. If you are here, you're not sure you've done that, you need to get that settled. The world's greatest mistake is to go to hell over a mistake. Not sure you know that. That's important to know that. But one of the things I love about being a Christian is I got into a family, the family of God. I found many brothers and sisters. I think probably there are very few major cities of the world I couldn't go to and find another brother or sister in Christ. There's very few major cities in our country and states I couldn't go and find a brother and sister. Well, while Paul was traveling, when they went to that port city, he found some Christians. He found some brothers. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 14. And they desired to tarry with them seven days. And so we went toward Rome. God gave him seven days in that that portillo. Portillos, I love portillos. Portoli, excuse me, I've got my, I'm thinking I'm hungry or something. What's wrong with the Chicago hot dog, buddy? Let's go. Not Portillo's, Portoli. And uh, while they were at Portoli, there, uh, seven days, they got to be with Christian men and ladies from there. By the way, Paul finally gets a welcome. You know, it, it should have happened, in my opinion, uh, over two and a half years ago when he came to Jerusalem. When he came back to Jerusalem with the gifts and the testimonies of God's people, it seems like it was a, oh, yeah, Paul's here. However, at this time, he does get a welcome. They had read the book of Romans. He had written the book of Romans. I'm sure it was copied and circulated among the churches. They had read, there is none righteous, no, not one. They had read that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They read about Romans chapter 6, how that you can have victory over sin. And 8, how the Spirit of God is so vital. They, they read that, that I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies living. They had read that. And now the man who wrote the book, the great apostle Paul, the one who had, he had led them to Christ, many of them, Aquila and Priscilla were in Rome. That's where they were from. They had gotten saved. Now he had lots of friends because all roads led to Rome. Now a lot of them were there, and now they heard the apostle was there. When he landed in Patoli, I'm sure the word spread like wildfire. Hey, Paul's in town. Paul's coming. Paul's coming. And people got excited about him coming, unlike they were when he went to Rome. Let's look at the next thought real quickly, and I want to share this with you, and we'll conclude today. But the Bible tells us, Verse 15, and from thence, when the brethren heard of us, when more of the brethren heard that he was there, they came to meet us as far as Apiforum. That means 33 miles south of Rome. When when the people in Rome heard that he was there, they came to meet them. They walked on foot 33 miles. They'd be going from here to Rensselaer, here to Lowell or south of there. Like here going to the north side of Chicago. They made their way over to Appy Forum to meet him. And then the Bible says, and then they went to the three taverns, and the Bible tells us here that's the name of the area, and whom when Paul saw, would you read the rest of the verse with me? He thanked God. Would you read it again with me? He did what? Remember this morning, Brother Amir said, one of the things to be a Christian in Pakistan you need is what? Courage. You know what helps them? is you, is brethren. When they know they're not alone, when they know there are other brothers and sisters, Brother Mir, does that help you to know that you're not alone in Pakistan? It encourages you, doesn't it? 
And you know, that's the, that's the same way it is in the Sunday school class, in the bus route. That's the same way it is in the church. So, Pastor, if I come to church, I don't come to church. It doesn't matter. I'm just one. Listen, you may be on one person in the world, but you're the world of one person. And when your seat is empty, you're missed. And your presence and your participation means something. The people that left Rome and went down to that little area called the Three Taverns, and they spent time with the Apostle Paul, when he saw them, he said, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for my brothers who care about me. And thank you for giving me courage to keep on going. How many of us need courage from time to time? I do. And courage does not come because of who we are, but who we know is with us. We know God is with us. We know other people are with us. And the Apostle Paul, what a great Christian. But he wasn't a great Christian alone. He had brothers and sisters in Christ. And I want to encourage you to help people in your wake this week. For the purpose of God using your help to win them to Christ. Maybe it's not this week, maybe later on. But you look to help somebody in a way. Let your light so shine before men. So that when they get visited by God, you can, your track will mean a lot more to them if they know you care about them. Number two, find a way to encourage the brethren. So that they can thank God and they can take courage to do what God's called them to do and to face the problems. Paul didn't know what was going to happen when he arrived in Rome. He didn't know if he was going to go to jail. He wouldn't get to go to jail. He would get to live in his own hired house, rented house for two years. And his, his centurion worked out, turned all the other soldiers over to the Mamertine prison and put Paul in a hired house with a soldier to watch him 24 hours a day for two years where he could receive friends. And by the way, in that room, he would write Philippians and Philemon, and Ephesians, and other books of the Bible, which I'm very thankful that he wrote. But I think a lot of it's because he had brothers that loved him, and he expressed gratitude to God, and he got courage to keep on going. Let's be that kind of a brother to our brothers and our sisters as well. Let's pray.